This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, you guys, welcome to the Kern River Fly Shop Podcast. This is Guy Jeans. And we've got some special guests tonight. Um, on my right here, I've got Chiaki Harami. What's up, Chiaki? Hey, how you doing, Guy? Doing good. And Dane Barner. How's it going, fellas? Sergio Martinez. What's going on? Rob Bueller. Hi, guys. Ryan Bueller. Hey, now, everybody. Hey, I want to say uh, thank you to everybody out there that uh, has been listening to the podcast. Um, getting a lot of great responses out there. Um, a lot of people asking questions on the uh, Kern River Fly Shop podcast at gmail.com. So if you guys have questions, uh, send us your questions at Kern River Fly Shop podcast at gmail.com. And uh, I've got some uh, questions here that we're going to, that we got from some listeners that I'm going to be asking here shortly. Um, but I wanted to ask uh, Sergio right off the bat because we had a, a really cool event happen today for the search and rescue. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So today we uh, partook in a food tr- the first ever food truck event at Rivernook Campground. Uh, it was an awesome event, actually. Proceeds for that were went to go benefit Kern Valley Search and Rescue, which is so awesome. It's so great to have people in the community that help out the cause, in other words. So... Um, Amanda at Rivernook is just so awesome. They they were able to raise $30,000 for Kern Valley Search and Rescue. So Fabulous. huge thanks to Amanda, her team, uh, Heather, Kimberly, everyone at Rivernook. Uh, we're just indebted to you guys. You guys are just so amazing for what you guys do. And the food was amazing. Did you guys get a chance to go down there? No. Uh-uh. Chucky did. Chucky was dancing over to... Bernard over there at Paravion. Was he really? You should have seen that would his have been a sight to see. I don't know if he was dancing or having a seizure, one or the other. <laughs> Had a great time there. The food was just awesome. A lot of trucks there, a good variety of, of uh, different foods tacos, sandwiches, uh, mac and cheese, all, all different kinds of things. It was, it was really good. I do got to say, probably my favorite food out there was the uh, Chile Verde mac and cheese from Ewing's. Really? It, it, it was good. Right it sounds disgusting. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's probably going to hurt tomorrow with the heartburn, but you know what? It, it was real good, and it again, does, it was for a great cause. So. It does sound kind of wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So what do you what are you guys using that uh, thirty grand for uh, with the search and rescue? That's, yeah, I was going to ask that. What do what does Kern Valley Search and Rescue do for us out here? So, geez, I can take an entire podcast telling you guys what we do, but in a nutshell, we're all volunteers, and everything we pretty much have to buy on uh, donations or funds that we get from the community or events just like we had today. But for this event, our main our main fundraiser was going to be for a new truck. Uh, we're, you know, 60 something thousand dollars already saved up and this $30,000 is definitely going to put us over for a new truck. So even the trucks we got to buy. So that that's definitely the stoke is high as far as being able to take this and, and put it back into the community with a new truck and continue to do what we do year after year. So it's just so awesome. Most of the uh, people at the Kern uh, Valley Search and Rescue are volunteers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everybody, everyone in, in orange, everyone that looks like a pumpkin out there is all volunteers. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. You we don't get paid. <laughs> we we just do it because it's something that we enjoy to do. Um, everyone either works or is retired, but um, everyone's volunteer. We buy our own stuff. We buy our own gear. We pretty much put ourselves through training, and uh, it's just so cool that we can put that back into the community. Thank you. Yeah, okay. exactly. Thank you guys. You guys are awesome. And what do you guys do for us up here on the river in the valley here? What do you do for people? So our bread and butter is pretty much uh, swift water rescue. There you go. During the summertime, um, depending on the water we get, we can be very busy, very, very busy. And uh, low water years, we're still busy, but not as busy. But uh, it's pretty much swift water rescue. What are you guys expecting this year? Are you guys expecting uh, a lot of... Uh, White water, what's going on? What are, you, what are you guys seeing out there on the... You know, year water? after year, it's getting harder and harder to determine what's going to happen because even in low water years, we can still have issues out there. So it's just, it's it's really a coin flip. It's either going to be busy, it's going to be not busy, just depending on the amount of people that we get up in the valley. Yeah. So it's more the amount of people more than actual um, snowpack and how much water is coming down. Right. It's, you get a really massive snowpack, you get a really massive runoff. People tend to stay away from that because they see it. But when you have low water, people are more drawn to it, but the hazard is still there. Yeah. They don't really go away, especially in the lower current. We have a lot of a lot of uh, rocks, strainers, trees, and, and so on and so forth. But uh, it just really depends uh, the amount of people we get up. Okay. So, Chiaki, we have a couple of announcements that uh, we want to talk about. Uh, one is the, uh, the uh, CARP Fest. You want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, absolutely. So, on May 21st, uh, Southern Sierra Fly Fishers is holding our annual CARP Fest. And it's, it's always a fun tournament. Um, let's see, it's, it's a partner uh, tournament. And uh, basically, we're, we're fishing... Lake Isabella, and we're still deciding on who the beneficiary is. It's it's going to be a nonprofit, but uh, we're going to have a board meeting this this week or next week, this coming week, and we'll, we'll decide on that. But it's it's always a fun time. Uh, I, I've already received some questions and uh, inquiries about hey, when are we holding it? So it, the date is May twenty first. And it should be a, a great time for everyone, and it's it's going to be a good fundraiser. Is it? Um, uh, is there going to be a boat division, or is it just all walk and wade? 
in the past years, we, we did have a boat division. So we'll probably continue that, and so we'll have both. Okay. And why do you guys hold the, the Carp Fest in May? That's usually the period when, when a lot of water comes into Lake Isabella. Uh, the flats uh, fill up with, with water, and uh, it, it's a fun time to go after the carp at that time. They're really active. And uh, it's a lot of fun to just go after them. Yeah, one of the interesting things about uh, Isabella Lake, you know, when the, when the river gets real big, it, it puts a lot of water into the lake and um, fills up those flats. And it's a, it's a pretty awesome fishery. I heard today that from the client that I was out with that this will be the final year of construction on the dam. So not definitive, but just another yeah. rumor. So we'll, let's hope that that plays through. Yeah. How do you feel about the snowpack this year and how much it's going to flood those flats? Well, from what I've been hearing from, I went to an outfitter meeting uh, a couple weeks ago. And, and according to uh, Luther, who is kind of like the snow snowpack master over the years, he's been doing it for 30 years or so. He says that we're going to have a, a runoff of a, a little bit over a thousand cubic feet per second, and that they're going to those guys are going to have an actual uh, season on the upper uh, river. You know, so not not a long season, but yeah. they'll be. So that means that we'll be doing float trips as well on the upper river, which will be great, um, which will be a lot of fun. Um, other news is that we heard um, at the show at the Sportsman Show in Bakersfield this weekend that. The Kern Valley Chamber of Commerce is stocking huge fish in Lake Isabella this year for their their tournament, and you know usually what happens is all those uh, those big fish end up coming right up into the into the Kern and, and make it really fun for us fly fishers. You guys remember that? I do. <laughs> it's God. a magical time when that does happen. Yeah. yeah that, so, that was a great year about four or five years ago when they did that and ran up to about the bridge. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a, an amazing fishery for sure when it when that happens. And so we're, we're looking forward to that. Plus, we'll have a little bit of water. So it should be pretty fun uh, with those fish coming in for sure. Dane, well, let's let's uh, let's talk about your uh, your new boat. What's, what's up with your new boat? Oh, man, just trying to get that thing <laughs> dialed in. Second yeah. outing in it at success the other day. Um, needs a little TLC. Uh -huh. but everything ran, fired well. Um, had a full day trip. This is good stuff. Um, awesome. Just getting everything dialed for this upcoming season for bass. Right on. Yeah. So we uh, we went fishing at Lake Success uh, yesterday, and uh, we're throwing some of those uh, those flies with that uh, wiggly tail. What is that called? <laughs> that wiggly tail. Squiggle tail? Yeah, squiggle tails. Squiggle tails. Yeah, squiggle squiggle tails. They're squiggly tails. Yeah, squiggly tail. I wasn't sure the name of the tail, but we were throwing that, and I caught a carp, which was kind of fun. You know, just, Yeah, he ate that thing. <laughs> Gobbled that thing. <laughs> yeah, too. just blind casting into bushes, and awesome. he ate that thing. And then um, and then I was using um, uh, the big, giant game changer, white. Yeah. What's the name of that thing? Feathered, the feathered game changer. Feathered game changer. Yeah. Yeah, that big old white one, and I was throwing in some, like, lanes, you know, like in between trees with a sinking line and letting that thing sink down, and I was just popping it. You know, that thing just turned sideways. It looks so awesome. Yeah, it turned sideways. Jackknife. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's a real it, fish in the water. It, it's it so really sick. is yeah. super cool yeah. to watch, even. And this big bass just slammed awesome. that thing, man. 
I, did, I didn't land him, but Sick. it was pretty cool to see, you know, right. just, yeah, it was really fun. <laughs> just some, uh, some good stuff. But, uh, those lakes, the, uh, those lakes are starting to come alive for That's sure. Cool. Um, Ming Lake, I heard from Sergio starting to come, come alive. Okay, yeah. Uh, I guess that's a secret. It's totally dead, guys. Don't go fish there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, Dane's got his new boat. He's going to be uh, yeah. uh, doing some fishing on his boat. That's kind of fun. Uh, last yeah. weekend, you had the Sportsman Show. How'd that go down in Bakersfield? Yeah, the Sportsman Show was awesome. It was great to be uh, out there for the for all those people. And, um, of course, you guys were there um, tying flies and, and hanging out and stuff. And um, I was doing casting um, seminars, um, and all of a sudden my allergies started, you know, right in the middle of my, so I'm sneezing and coughing into the microphone as I'm, uh, doing my bit demonstrations. And then, um, and then the wind came up and blew over the whole display <laughs> of, uh, the, the casting seminar booth thing there. And, uh, it was kind of interesting, but, um, a good time, a lot of people there, um, a lot of people interested in going fly fishing. That's Sweet. for sure. Didn't you guys get that same? impression tons of people interested yeah lots of people just want to get outside and then uh, fly fishing is a great option for them i for thought sure. it was really cool to watch the little guys come by the booth when you and i were tying yeah they would just stand there for like 10 20 minutes just mesmerized what are you doing why are you doing that what is that what, what you know what do you fish for that and he just that was, that was really cool to watch high interest from the kids for sure yeah it's yeah. so cool when the kids stop by and the parents are trying to nag them out let's go let's go let's go but the kids are so intrigued in the fly tying it's just it's just awesome yeah so let's talk about fishing jockey where have you been fishing at um i know you've been with uh, six ladies why don't you tell us all about that <laughs> so last weekend uh play a play i went out to denver uh, colorado uh, stayed with a good friend Justin Bubanick and uh, myself and uh, six other women, uh, Annalisa, Anna, Anna, Edith, <laughs> Sumi, and Ken. We all had a great time. Uh, first, on Saturday, we went ice fishing, um, which was, you know, it was my first time going, so it was very new to me. Had a great time uh, just standing out there on the lake. Standing on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> Did stimulator kill it all day? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> He's got like eight holes drilled around him. He's tossing stimulators in there. <laughs> so no, it, it, was, it was a lot of fun uh, just to see how it's done. Uh, the way you uh, drill the holes in the ice, uh, use this big what they call an auger. It looks like a big hand drill. And it usually takes two people and you just crank that thing and it, it drills into the ice. Creates about a, oh, I don't know, like a, a 10 inch wide hole in the ice. And you just drop your, your line in there and, and it becomes a waiting game. And it's, it's just a lot of fun. You, everyone's out there just having a good time. Uh, dogs are running around and uh, we even caught one fish, and as <laughs> one of the Ennis says, when someone catches a, a fish, we all catch a fish. So we had a great time out there. So, But didn't you go uh, fish a river, too? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. So on Sunday, the following day, we, we fished the uh, Arkansas, 
and there were some beautiful rainbow trout there. And probably the smallest one was 16, 17, and it went up from there. Uh, I think most of the women caught fish. Uh, I know Sumi caught three. Annalisa caught a real beautiful rainbow. Justin being Justin, he, he caught three. I caught a few, and we just had a great time out there. And it was interesting because the where we were fishing, it was just outside of Pueblo, Colorado. It wasn't way up there. Uh, we just got off the freeway. Five minutes later, we're, we're fishing there. So had a great time. The weather was just absolutely beautiful. Um, I have to thank Justin for his hospitality and his being the guide uh, helping all, all of us out there. It, it was an absolutely great time. Nice. What about you, Ryan? What you been doing? Oh, man. Um, had a couple times out on the water for fun also this last week or two. Haven't been guiding. We we're up on the lower Owens guiding and just fishing for fun. Um, the day I was fishing for fun, it was pretty good. And then the next day I had a guide trip and man, it was just one of those days that was really slow and we had to work hard for our fish. Um, they're eating BWO patterns middle of the day, um, typical nymphing the rest of the day. And the day that we had a really tough time, the water got lowered right before that. And I don't know if it affected the fish or I just want to use that as an excuse why we weren't having a good day, <laughs> but that's what happened. And then on the current, it's been really quite consistent until just kind of a day ago, they, the water started going up and down a few days ago and it's been good up on the wild trout section, um, fishing nymphs. And there's been a BWO hatch up here also about one to three o'clock and it's been quite consistent up and down the river and it's been really good. Um, last couple days, it's been kind of finicky where we've had to work a little harder for them. And a lot of that's the water got a little murky, but fish has still been being caught up and down the river by a lot of people. It's been really nice for this time. Excuse me. <clears throat> for this time of year. Yeah, it seems that, uh, you know, since the water kind of murked up this morning, it was a little bit murky. And then by the time this afternoon came around, it seemed a little bit more clear. Yeah, it's which was you kind know. of been going on a wave like that the yeah. last three or four days we've been tracking it on the flow chart yeah. and it's been starting and going up and then it comes down overnight and goes up and down so the clarity has been off and on and normally we don't mind that when it's off color just a little bit um and it's been quite good with those flashy flies but just kind of the last day or two it's been a little bit slower yeah, today um, uh, up on the uh, wild trout section, I was fishing a dry dropper, dry double dropper, and uh, fish came up and smacked the red fuzzy wuzzy. It was pretty pretty awesome. And they seemed to, uh, then Dane, Dane was fishing up there today too, and he said that uh, fish were coming up on his on his dry. Yep. And how about you, Chiaki? Were you getting anything up there today? Um. <clears throat> No, <laughs> I didn't have any luck today. Oh, no? I was um, busy chasing two uh, mountain goats and had a, oh, a yeah. little fight with a bear. So yeah. <laughs> he, he, he had a little bloody eye right now. <laughs> he had a good branch hatch. Yeah. yeah. Branch hatch to the face. What about you, Rob? What have you been doing, man? 
Um, like Ryan said, a couple trips uh, out on our own. We took Jose Rubio out last Monday from Sims, whoop, whoop. and we went uh, to the wild trout section and and had a really good day that day. It was, it yeah. was the fishing was very steady, and we all hooked fish. We hooked a couple big ones that got away, and Ryan got one, you know, 14, 15 inches. Uh, very steady fishing throughout the whole session, and then. Uh, we went out yesterday with another friend of ours that came into town and it was m much more difficult. Uh, yeah. the, we had to work much harder for our grabs. We got fish and we all caught fish. Um, but it was just, um, a, a little bit more of a struggle had to be, um, I guess more precise with your drifts and consistent and just work a little tougher for each grab. And that was the uh, same thing today with my client. Ryan had a better day than I did uh, today. He was he said he got consistent grabs throughout the afternoon. I struggled a little bit with my client. We got some bites, caught a really nice brown trout. Nice. About 15 inches. Yeah, no. so first one of the season for, for clients, which was yeah. really cool. Um, and then right at the end of the day, we were coming off the water. It seems like the last uh, few days, week or so, especially yesterday and today, the hatch, the blue wing hatch has been coming off a little later, almost like two to four instead of the one to three deal. And so just as we were coming off the water, we were crossing the river, coming back to the cars, and the back end of the pool where we were crossing, some risers were popping up in the back end of the pool, so we still had a half hour left or so. We, were at, we actually had an hour left. We were going to go to another spot, and so we um, aborted that idea and jumped right on those risers real quick. And first thing, typically they'll eat uh, one of those Cripple BWOs, the, the new ones we got in the shop. Uh -huh. In fact... Uh, Jose caught one on the Cripple BWO um, on on his outing on Monday. I caught one yesterday, and but they were just ignoring it, nothing. And they were sipping. They were it seemed like they were smaller fish, and none of them we could see the fish surface or come out of the water at all. Just little rings, little rings. So eating the mergers just below the surface, not the adults, not any of the spinners that were on the water. And typically, if I put on a little soft tackle, so they they didn't eat the cri the cripple. And I'll switch to a little um, anything, a bigger parachute or a um, cluster midge that you can see better. Eight inches behind that, I hang a little soft tackle, no bead at all, and they wouldn't touch it. So they didn't touch that. Then I was took that off and was thinking about going to a brook sprout. Typically, any one of those will work. And, and instead of grabbing the brook sprout, I picked out uh, this little mole fly as a Charlie Craven pattern. Super simple. Uh, curved hook like a caddis hook, uh, beaver dubbing on the body, and a CDC wing coming off the top of the um, the eye out forward. So it just suspends right below the surface. Oh, nice! And they hammered that like four times. It was hanging off of the um, cluster midge. Cluster midge. We see it sip and eat it. Cluster midge goes ripping under. Hook set each time we missed it. No hookups on, on four separate fish. So, but it was kind of cool to figure it out, get them to bite, um, try that new fly, and, and, and work through several different flies and kind of figure it out. And we walked off without hooking one of them, unfortunately. But, yeah. but that fly works. So Ryan and I are like, oh, we need to stop, stock up on the, on the mole fly. <laughs> awesome. And so oh. it, it's, it's been good. It's um, super consistent up until the last two days. And then a, a little bit of a struggle, not like it. It's been bad fishing, but a little bit of a struggle and working hard to get our bites um, the last two days. But I suspect that's from the weather that just came through. Barometer probably came down as soon as this uh, little thing passes through. 
Uh, the weather, the temperatures are coming back up. Should be hot this next week. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And like Rob said, with my clients today, we had a little better luck nymphing, but we saw absolutely no fish rising, which we have pretty consistently the last, you know, month. And it was just in my area. I couldn't find anything. So if you're in an area and you find fish rising, remember that area. Oftentimes, it'll repeat that again over and over again. Been getting some uh, reports, you know, from the upper current that people are, are seeing a lot of fish rising at different areas uh, that have been coming into the shop. And uh, that's kind of that's kind of nice. That blue see. wing hatch has been so consistent yeah. for four to six weeks now. Super consistent, uh, middle of the day. So even when the hatch isn't real heavy, there's still some fish popping here and there. And then other days the hatch is very heavy, and there's a lot of fish rising, a lot of fish eating very aggressively. So and then even when they're not rising aggressively, that period of the day from the one to three when the bugs are emerging is the best period to be fishing because they're eating the nymphs more aggressively there's just more activity the bug activity is more aggressive so yeah. the fish turn on during that little period that's definitely the time to be on the water whether you're nymphing your own nymphing bobber fishing trying to hit that dry hatch whatever and don't be afraid to throw a dry fly even though you don't see them popping around you um, go prospecting around at that time of day and a lot of times they're used to seeing that fly and they'll come up and grab it even though they're not hitting a lot of the other natural bugs in the water. Same things going on in the lower current as well. And I've uh, been, been hearing a lot of uh, nice things. I've been down there as well, but I've been seeing a lot of fish uh, rising uh, down on the lower current below Lake Isabella. A lot of people don't know where the lower current is. And uh, we're seeing that blue wing olive hatch down there as well. So it's uh, kind of another option that we can, we can do for sure if you're wanting to get down, not have to come all the way up to Kernville or in fish the upper current, the lower currents are a really great option. Um, Sergio, have you been fishing anywhere? You know what, just unlike you guys, uh, it's been two weeks since I fished and I'm having withdrawals at this point. Uh, two weeks ago, I got to go fish with Robbie for a couple hours and uh, we went up river and just like he was saying, the, the what, one to three, we yeah. had some really good uh, top water action. 
And, and, and yes, that was in a spot where typically it wasn't a large pool where we typically don't see rising fish. It was kind of some pocket water. Yeah. So it was kind of neat to hit a, a few of those risers in the pocket water. See the little tail end water. That's where they were rising. Yeah. Just get your get your dry on top and get it to the end and boom. Yes, Jockey, you're looking at me confused. I do fly dry fly fish. And what was great, <laughs> what was great, it was in an area where they don't stalk and it's all right. those wild fish you're starting it to pick up and get active right now. And good. so they had a great little session on wild trout out here. So good. we're getting ready and I'm grabbing my three rods and he goes, uh, how many rods are you bringing in? <laughs> and I go, I'm bringing, I'm bringing three, but you bring whatever you want, you know? So he ended up bringing his dry fly. Um, unbelievably, yes. normally it's just the bobber. And then as <laughs> we actually have a rod. There's nothing wrong with the bobber. So we, we fish the first pool and the bobber sticks, uh, first cast, literally. First cast, yeah. Gets a wild fish. A little slow on that take, though, um, on hey, the hey. set. <laughs> and then right after that, catches a nice sucker fish. Um, sucker for the sucker, yeah. And then we head up, <laughs> we're heading up through the pocket water, and he's, I'm, I pass the little pocket that he sees out of the corner of his eye. He goes, hey, a fish just rose back there. I go, oh, really? And he goes, I think I'm going to get it. And I'm like, what's gotten into you, Sergio? So I, I left him, and then he came back up 10 minutes later. He's like, I got him. I got him first trip. Hey, man, the tug is the drug, man. You got to find right. it. Nice. Dane? He's awesome. Pull the thing over here. What's up, bud? What have you been fishing at? Well, we've been fishing for bass on success, and then yeah. today we went up to the wild trout section. And what did you saw see up some, there? Saw some fish rising about 3 o'clock. Did you catch any? Uh, I had two take on the dry. Awesome. Sweet. Yeah, big, big, uh, big uh, salmon fly actually. Sweet. And I was swinging a past several leg underneath it because I had luck with that in the past. So, know, so squalas have been still hatching. Those started at like the end of January, I think. Yeah, that's and why I was throwing that because of YouTube. I've been watching you guys and listening to you guys and paying attention. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> do what you kind of talking about. And <laughs> so, it did. It worked. Like yeah. three or four days ago, I was out there on my own and I gathered three of the adults that were just fluttering around and and put them in vials for over in the shop. Um, so if I gathered three, there's a lot more that are still on the water right now. So and I saw that's a bunch awesome. of the shucks, you know, like yeah. uh, we Sweet. were sitting and having lunch and I was picking them out of the rocks like, oh, okay. All right. I see what's kind of going down. Awesome. Yeah. That was interesting to see. Yeah. It just was fun today. Yeah. One of the cool things that's coming up uh, for people out there is our March Brown hatch, which is our favorite or my favorite. It's one of my favorites. Um, big, big mayfly that comes out usually. Um, around this time, have you seen some already? I not the adults, yeah. but uh, so we roll over rocks almost yeah. every trip, and then when we go out just to check stuff out. And during the winter, you don't see a lot of bugs. You see the midges are out. You see a, a few caddis, um, all the little itty bitty BWOs. But the stone flies, the red quill mayflies, the March Browns almost disappear. They, they go much deeper down in the deeper water. We've heard from an entomologist that they actually bury themselves in the sand for the, a, a little dormant part during the winter when it's really, really cold. So we're seeing all those. I've been flipping. I flipped over rocks today. Found two really big March Browns, which I haven't been seeing. First so, ones we've seen. Yeah, Sweet. so they're going to be popping soon. So that's a, that's a really uh, great hatch that we have here on the Kern. And usually it's around this time depending on the weather but also it'll go into april you know pretty, almost Absolutely. into the middle of yeah. april well, so what's your favorite setup for that fly wise and kind of rig wise 
for a March Brown? Yeah, because you fish it over the years. You know, what do you like to do? Oh, I just fish uh, like a wolf or something. I'll use oh, cool. a, I definitely use a nice wolf. Nice attractor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, usually about a size 16-ish. Yeah, you like you know? your H&L variants too, huh? H&L yeah. variants awesome. for sure. Sweet. Yep. Um, and we have a we have actually a, a March Brown pattern in the shop too that yeah. we'll use. What about we you got, guys? We got new March Brown uh, cripples as well. So yeah, looking forward to testing those out when right. they pop. Right. What about you guys? What do you guys like to use? I throw a big caddis a lot of times and stimulators this time of year, and seems like I get hit on them enough where that's I just stick with those and use them a lot. Um, oftentimes, a big parachute like a big Adams size fourteen. Um, gets the job to you a lot of times done yeah what about you rob for the march yeah. brown hatch yeah, yeah. or you know i haven't fished that hatch a lot last year i don't think we saw a ton come off yeah um, it was pretty mellow last yeah, year yeah so and the uh stonefly hatch kind of overshadowed it we had that salmon fly hatch that was pretty epic mm -hmm. and that kind of overshadowed any of the smaller mayflies and we were running that fuzzy wuzzy pretty consistently that's true that's right that's right yeah yeah, yeah that fuzzy wuzzy and it, we don't know <laughs> if it's stupid last year and uh, we're not sure because the the water was low that it didn't you know those march browns didn't come off as much yeah um or if it's just they were hitting that fuzzy wuzzy because of that low water and we just kind of fished that the whole time yeah so I'm going to uh, go to a question from the Kern River Fly Shop podcast at gmail.com. Um, so if you guys have questions um, that you want us to answer, um, go ahead and email us at Kern River Fly Shop podcast um, at gmail.com. This one uh, is for Rob, and this is one of his clients named Jim Smith, and he took a lower O clinic with you, and he wanted to, he, that you had mentioned your euro nymphine uh leader formula and um he said it looked like you were using a short butt section but he couldn't remember and he's all can i can i ask rob to repeat his formula re repeat his formula on the podcast please hi hi gm how you doing <laughs> so haha ha, on the formula it's not quite so scientific <laughs> uh, I, i'm a i'm a euro hack basically and what I do is simplify everything. Um, instead of using what all the professionals use and what they teach, I take that and kind of crunch it down and make it uh, easier to understand and, and easier to apply for the beginner intermediate. So the, the leader I use is the, I believe it's the Euronymph leader from Rio, and it's the 11 to 12 footer. And it's the 0x2x version, and it's, uh, it might be black and white. And so what I do, I don't like that 11-foot leader because on the, on the top of that, you have to tie some extra tippet. So with the 11-foot leader plus tippet, I, don't, I usually don't fish far away from me, and it's overkill to have that much leader. It's more difficult to cast. So I snip out the middle section of that leader, and I take out a couple feet, I tie a surgeon's knot and I'll make that leader closer to six to eight feet. Um, typically I do six feet on the kern here. On the end of that, on the, um, off of the ring, I'll tie some of that colored cider indicator uh, tippet. Two-tone. Two I like the pink and chartreuse or pink and yellow, about two feet of that. And then that goes um, to another ring and down to um, 
my my tippet, which is very short too. I only do two or three feet uh, down to my my bottom fly on that. Another option is on the bottom half of when you cut out the middle section of the that large uh, indicator uh, leader. Do the bottom half of only the the colored cider. So instead of having the black and white, do the bottom half. Keep it about six or seven feet, and just keep it short, consolidate it. Keep it simple, easy to cast, um, and easy to get a, a drift at short distances. And then once you advance in your skills and technique, and you become more proficient, then you can start going to to what the pros use on a, on a daily basis. What size tippet do you use? Uh, typically, I'm going uh, 4x to 5x. I know a lot of the um, competition guys and pros like to use thinner tippet than that because it sinks much quicker. But then you end up, if you get those flies snagged on the bottom or even hooking a fish, it's hard to bring in a decent sized fish with 6 and x, t 6, 7x tippet. Um, so with, without overplaying it sometimes. So I tend to go uh, larger on the tippets um, and heavier flies to get it down through the column. And again, I simplify everything to make it really easy as you advance in your skills and techniques, then you can start going to that thinner tippet. I like that. I like that a lot. I like the cutting out the middle big section of the, the leader. I do that too. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, making it a lot shorter. Absolutely. If I can, add, if I can add to one of the things on that is just yeah. don't be afraid to try things out on your own trial and error you'll, you'll be able to figure out what works out best for you just because something works out best for somebody it may not be the best for you but there are no rules afraid. exactly there's no rules exactly. everybody has little personal preferences and little nuances that that fit them so just don't like like Serge says don't be fried afraid to try something a little right. bit different i think also too you know is is having the flies at your confident with you know right oh, i mean just like i know this one's gonna work yeah you know like Being that soft, soft tackle, tackle <laughs> i don't have to say it <laughs> confident flies are everything you come yeah. in shop somewhere wherever you go and they'll give you flies that work if they're not don't be afraid to use those confident flies yeah. um it seems like we're in tune more so we don't miss our takes because you know you're going to get a bite with that and there really is something to that those confident flies are there because they work yeah absolutely so another one uh, that came in on the, uh, the email, uh, and I've been having a back and forth with, uh, his name's Trung, uh, Nujian, and um, a couple of podcasts ago, I had talked about uh, fishing some of the lakes in uh, Orange County and how I had found out that uh, Laguna Niguel does not allow uh, fly fishing uh, in Laguna Niguel, and, he, and so he came back and was emailing me. He's all, are you sure about that? You know, and I go, well, that's what the, the ranger had told me, you know. And so he did this full on research project of uh, <laughs> all the Orange County lakes and everything. And thank you very much, Trung. Right on. Pretty amazing. Um, after all this, uh, you know, going back and forth between rangers and, you know, the OC County parks and all this kind of stuff, he finally figured out that that Laguna Niguel is the only lake that they don't allow fly fishing in. And okay. so, and that is because the shoreline is so close to other people and that sort of thing. All right. But what, what I wanted to ask Trung was, don't they allow um, float tubes in Laguna Niguel? Have you guys heard that? They, they did at one point. At one I don't point. know if they still do. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that would be, 
you know, one way to, to fish that place, but if they don't allow it, yeah. um, you know, but that's, uh, that's the OC parks. It got really popular there a few years ago, um, in the wintertime cause they'd stock and then people are using the Crowley technique of the bobber with the midge and out on the float tubes and doing quite well out there and it got really popular. They brought in massive trout from Utah that were raised. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were raised instead of uh, concrete pens, they were raised in uh, water flowing through um, dirt pens. So not as many beat up fans, they weren't as crowded, really large, nice fish that were, you know, kind of prized by the locals. Was it, um, if you caught one there, you had to keep it type of a thing? Is that? Is that I don't know. I'm yeah, not sure either. about that. Yeah. Trung, we yeah. need that. We need that. Yeah. <laughs> Hit me back, but Research project number two. Yeah, because I had heard that, like, if you caught a fish there, you had to keep it or something. Okay. It was really strange. Yeah. So, anyways. Um, <laughs> anything else, you guys, that you guys want to add to the, uh, the discussion about fishing? I wanted to ask you two, the, the Bueller brothers, a, a quick question. Um, you guys have been here guiding for about, uh, what, a year and a half now? Almost yeah, two years? close to two. Yeah, close to two years. And um, you guys are you guys have been seeing the seasons change and the bug life and that sort of thing. And I wanted to get your guys' uh, reaction or input of, like, what you guys think. I mean, it, it's pretty, pretty interesting being a guide year-round and seeing all the different changes and snow melt and hatches and the, all the different things that that happen on this river this free-flowing river huh it's been amazing it's been yeah. super enlightening it's been amazing we've learned a ton uh we still learn every single day today i was learning during that hatch trying to figure out what because i'm i'd like to think that i'm pretty good at figuring out how to get them to eat when i see them on the surface like that uh -huh. and they were troubling me for a little bit totally and working through and <laughs> and getting that fly to work and, and we yeah. didn't hook them but at least we got four of them to eat yeah you know which was a, a win for me yeah and so just amazing learning every single day and um the river is is a special place and i've i feel blessed to be on it every day you know or in you know, most days out of the week. Every and day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's been incredible, absolutely. Yeah. And I, um, I was in love with the river before I started working up here, and it's the love affair grows. Nice. Yeah, it's been quite a few years we've been coming up here and being weekend warriors, um, coming up and learning the river. And we put a lot of time in up here before we ever became guides. And then we knew a whole lot. But what we had learned in about 20 years, um, we had learned in the last two years that we've been on the water, just blown away that 20 years. It's amazing when you're on the water consistently, oh, yeah. what you see and know and see the changes. Um, the great thing about the current is it's always changing from the snow runoff certain years it's always changing um the bug life is amazing too it kind of has a reputation for not having a lot of hatches but i think that's because people don't spend a lot of time up here there's really consistent hatches throughout the year and the bug life's amazing out here and one thing that gets overlooked is all the wild fish that's what's kind of blown me away is how many wild fish are still out there right and we're close to so many millions of people. And I can come out and have a wilderness experience and catch wild native, native, Kern, yeah. native Kern River rainbows. Um, it's incredible. 
And like Rob said, our love affairs has grown with this water and this whole area. And we are definitely blessed to be up here every day to be able to experience it. Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, and you, you know, the 20 years that I've been guiding on it and working it, it just, uh, it always amazes me. Like today I was, I was up on the wild trout section and I was just, I'm still just blown away. Yeah. You Every know? single time Every I go up there, time. I'm blown away. I yeah. love it. It's like walking on that trail, yeah. you know, and looking down at the water. It's like this like emerald green today it was just like going to church. It's so special. Exactly. Exactly. So, and it's just so amazing that, that that whole fishery is unbelievable. Um, and then there's so many other ones that are going to be opening and we're going to be able to fish here. I mean, they're already open, I guess, now with the new regs, but we'll be able to get to them here shortly in yeah. some of the, the creeks and the carp and the lower kern and the smallmouth bass and all that stuff that we have, you know. Um, so. I heard that they are going to open the forks this year back there. Um, that's not official or anything, but it opens up all the heritage trout trips up there um, into that area and forks trips and backpacking trips we do. Um, so we're hoping that actually comes true. But as of right now, that's the word that that area is going to open up for us. I heard that too at the outfitter meeting and they, they were talking about that. Uh, they're just, they've got some, uh, they got some trees that are, you know, some need to be taken. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the trees that are, um, are, are hazard trees, I guess yeah. I'm, you know, trying to say, um, so as soon as they get those down and. And uh, they'll, they'll let people in there for sure. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, one last thing, too, is that we do have some uh, beginner classes coming up and uh, beginner number two classes uh, the weekend of April 2nd and 3rd. Um, April 2nd, we have a beginner number one class. Um, so if you did get a, a rod at the uh, sportsman show and want to get in on that class, you're more than welcome to. You can, anybody else can get in on any of these classes, um, and you can get, you can sign up online at kernriverflyshop.com. Um, April 3rd, I believe is the Sunday and we have a beginner number two. So if you want to learn more after your beginner one class, um, you can get in on beginner number two. And then we have a, uh, world-class fly tying class on Saturday, April 2nd with the Bueller brothers. And if you want to learn how to tie flies uh, your first time or if you're an experienced or even advanced uh, fly tire you can get in on some some of those skills do you guys have any special things that you're going to be doing at the fly tying class at all nothing specific we gear almost all the classes just generally toward the beginner intermediate but if anyone has anything they want to learn ryan's very experienced at uh, trimming and stacking deer hair um, i'm yeah. good at game changers so if anyone has any specific uh, flies they want to work out or work on, then just um, sign up for the class and let us know, and we can bring specific materials for that. I can vouch for the uh, the deer hair uh, popper bass flies that Ryan <laughs> ties. I've caught some. And Thank you. <laughs> and also some of the rat flies that Rob ties. Oh, yeah, yeah the rat yep, flies. Yep, yep. So, yeah, pretty awesome. I mean, you guys can spend, you know, three hours in here tying a rat fly with Rob if you want to learn <laughs> um, But anyways, you guys, uh, I want to thank uh, Chiaki Harami, Dane Varner, Sergio Mar Martinez, Rob Bueller, and Ryan Bueller for the, being on the podcast. And Thank uh, you, guy. Thank yeah. you, brother. Yeah, thank you. And we'll uh, catch you guys. Remember that you can ask any questions at Kern River Fly Shop Podcast 
at gmail.com. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss life on the water every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. <laughs> the destination for outdoor entertainment. You go out there and the fish are where you think they are. Any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.